This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. This WBEZ podcast is supported by Ravinia, with over 100 concerts under the stars this summer, including Daryl Hall and Elvis Costello, Nora Jones with special guest Mavis Staples, the Beach Boys with special guest John Stamos, Shaggy and TLC, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, and more. Their 30-acre park is nestled in a gently wooded area. Bring your own picnic or eat at one of the park restaurants. Tickets available now only at ravinia.org. Chicago, are you feeling lucky? I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Well, if you are, the Bally's temporary casino at the Medina Temple could be opening its doors soon. There are, however, a few things left to do before doors open. Now, to get the details, we spoke to our WBEZ colleagues, Tessa Weinberg and Mariah Wolfel, who recently got a tour of the site, too. Fortunately, you know, we, we weren't allowed to take part at of all. Of course, uh, of course not. <laughs> but um, it's, you know, three floors of games, and it's all centered around um, the Medina Temple's rotunda. A lot of the uh, architectural elements have still been maintained. You have restored stained glass windows that are cordoned off, you know, from the public with glass barriers. I um, mean, you really kind of see the the beauty of the place. Um, you know, while we were, media was walking through, they had employees who were doing, you know, practice uh, gaming sessions with some of the table games. Um, there's three different uh, areas that you can get a bite to eat at. One is Asian inspired. Another one, you can get a cup of coffee or a slice of strawberry shortcake. Mm. Um, and there's still elements of, for example, they pointed out the elevators were from when it used to be a Bloomingdale's. And so it's kind of a mix of, of old and new. And they said um, if all goes well with some of these uh, temporary practice sessions or gaming sessions that are happening this week, it could open maybe as soon as this weekend. So wow. We'll see. Did you go too, Mariah? Mm-hmm. What did you think of the space? Um, yeah, it, it's it's nice. I mean, the Medina Temple is beautiful. It's this domed, you know, uh, Moorish-style amphitheater. And you walk in, and as Tessa said, you're kind of – Surrounded by slot machines and a bar at the Did it center. Feel like Vegas. Well, I've never been oh. to a casino in Vegas, but yeah, I, I, based on what I've seen in action movies, absolutely. Slot machines hit you from the airport <laughs> yeah. in Vegas. Yeah, it's and from bad. from the first floor, you can look up and you see the dome at the at at the top of the third floor, and then um, down below, there's a basement where a local Chicago artist is creating a mural as kind of a tribute to. Um, what the Medina Temple has been home to in the past, including a circus and the and Bloomingdale's, um, so it's a it's a big piece of Chicago history, and they're, I yeah. think they're trying to preserve that a little bit. Of course, they have to because they they will leave the building and eventually open a permanent casino elsewhere. That's right. That's right. Well, earlier I mentioned Tessa that this temporary casino it was uh, it was meant to open mid September. It sounds like all is in order to reach that goal, but the the practice sessions they're happening this week. 
right? Yes. And what do those look like? Yeah, so um, Illinois Gaming Board regulars are co- regulators are coming in uh, this week to, to basically audit their operations. It's kind of a dry run to see how it's going. And then uh, tomorrow and the day after will be those practice gaming sessions, and they will be inviting about 350 you know, friends and family and people um, to come in and to you know, do a dry run of these operations, and they will be betting their own money. Um, and so if well. gaming regulators um, give the green light and then issue a temporary operating permit, then Valleys can start to open its doors. They've um, you know, been hiring folks and said they have 700-some uh, staff members and employees and looked like they were kind of gearing up, ready to go. Um, there was still looked like some you know things to finish up here and there, but for the most part, it looked like a, a casino ready to open. If the casino doesn't pass the test, Mariah, what happens? Then they try, try again. They try and try again. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sure board. the regulators will give them, you know, notes on on w- whether you know their their cash site wasn't secure enough. There's a lot of security, just like kind of uh, cannabis dispensaries have to go through in the city and the mm-hmm. state. Um, there are a lot of regulations, and so I'm sure they will kind of tell them what needs to be fixed, and the. Uh, Bally's will go back to the the drawing board and kind of make those changes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, the short answer is it'll delay their opening, which they're trying to do by this weekend. So um, if they don't pass, then it'll once again kind of be delayed, which, you know, means less. The, the, they want to get the revenue flowing oh, right for sure. now. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, tell us more about what the casino is offering. Like, how many people can fit in there, Tessa? Yeah, they said uh, max capacity will be about 3,200 or so people okay. once it opens. Um, and yeah, in addition to to the games themselves, there's um, two different restaurants where you can even sit outside kind of on the floor and be kind of part of the mix of the action a little bit okay. and private seating. You know, there's a cafe where you can get a cup of coffee, stay up all night, you know, playing uh, some games. Yeah. Um, they also have things like a, a player's club to, you know, earn rewards. And they even had a, a sports betting area that they said they hope to have for future use. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, there's it seems like lots of different amenities in addition to the game itself. Of course, there's yeah. you know, a bar right when you walk in, um, and so it sounds like it'll be a mix of kind of gaming, entertainment, food, dining, and the top floor, they said, is what they anticipate will be kind of for their, their VIPs and some of the higher-end games up there. I didn't notice any clocks on the walls. Oh. <laughs> so, oh. I mean, you can see outside from the main floor, so like you can see that it's dark is that out a, is or that morning. Is that a casino tactic? I, I, I've heard that, but I, we didn't ask about it, and I don't know. Maybe there are clocks that Our I reset see, producer but... who used to work at one many moons ago is nodding yes. <laughs> In agreement. Um, so I mentioned earlier, Mariah, timeline, right? This is later than uh, Lori Lightfoot had hoped uh, when this was sort of first set in motion. So what has the Johnson administration said about the progress of this temporary casino so far? Well, yeah, this is something that they inherited, but Johnson has been publicly very supportive of the casino because this is a mayor who does not want to raise property taxes on individuals to raise money for um, the city's growing massive pension payment. And so, you know, prop raises and rises in property taxes mm-hmm. go directly to pensions. And so if you can find another solution to that, although this casino is, ex- you know, is expected to be just a drop in the bucket of the massive pension payment. But the, Johnson said, has said something along those lines of like, you know, the sooner the better, you know, um, and as much anything that we can do to, you know, raise money in a way that isn't on the backs of working people in Chicago yeah. is something that I support, is what Johnson has said along those lines. So how much does the late start, you think, impact how much money 
it could generate. Yeah, well, the city is expected to, or the 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 casino is expected to generate around twenty million in revenue for the city this year. But the city hasn't banked on that in its budget, and so if those revenue estimates fall short, it's not a hole that the city will have to fill, according to a budget spokesperson who spoke to us when Bally's initially got the approval to open their temporary casino. Um, and so, you know, the, the, that million, that, um, you know, that money isn't something that the city is counting on this year, but of course anything will help. And then this casino is expected to bring in about $200 million a year, which is about 9% of the city's overall massive pension payment. So it really yeah. is not, you know, a panacea. Tessa, the city was also counting on some 700 new jobs to be created by this casino moving in. Have those been filled yeah, already? Valley's executives said those they, they've hired for, you know, 700 or so positions. What can uh, you tell us about who will be working there? Yeah, so they said about 300 of those will, will be their dealers. And they had a partnership with City Colleges of Chicago to basically have this dealer school and train folks on how to be dealers. Um, and so we saw some of those employees today doing some practice gaming sessions, uh, you know, in the Medina Temple. And, you know, executives really touted that they even heard from folks who uh, were maybe in some of the the kind of surrounding casinos out in the suburbs of mm-hmm. folks wanting to apply and work at the temporary Medina Temple one of it being more convenient for them, being located in the city. Um, and so, yeah, that that's kind of ramping up. They said those uh, they of those, you know, for those 700 positions, they got some 16,000 applications, they said. I can imagine. Yeah. And um, all those uh, employees, though, will have to go through, you know, a, an approval and licensing process with the gaming board, which as of last week, they had said about 550 folks had been uh, conditionally licensed and there'll be a kind of more long term permanent process left to go. through. So a too, mix of but. folks moving from the suburbs in and then some brand new folks getting jobs. That's what it sounds like, yeah. Have they released any kind of traffic plan or extra security plan for the the surrounding area? Because as we know, the site's going to attract a lot more people once right. The doors are open. Um, I haven't seen a detailed plan more so than a than kind of an impact study. Um, but this is, you know, a point of contention with the local alder person who says this is not the right site. We've already dealt with security issues from late night, you know, um, convening and socializing in the River North area mm-hmm. today. Casino. Officials told us that there will be, I, I don't know how many, but Chicago police officers specifically dedicated outside and inside the Bally's Casino. So they will be utilizing some city resources for okay. security purposes. Um, but again, I'm not sure how many officers, but that is part of the security plan. Yeah, and they wouldn't de- detail really their own numbers, but they did say they have a huge security team that it'll be kind of influx of supply and demand of how they distribute them on the floors. Mm. Um, I wonder if that was deliberate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not. no, I'm sure those not are sharing those secret. specific yeah. numbers. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. When it comes to security, it's always like, like we can't, you know, we don't want to we'll have exactly two guys. Yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to say that. But it's a good question. I think it's something that we're going to hear more about, especially in these first few months of opening from the older person who's going to be watching it very closely as well. Meanwhile, plans for the permanent casino on Chicago Avenue and Halsted Street, uh, they're still underway. Uh, so when's construction expected to start up for that location? 
Um, you know, Bally's had an August uh, earnings investors report, and you know that they said it's still on track to open it in 2026. So um, I'm sure we'll kind of see more progress happening soon. Um, they are at the Tempura Medina Temple for two years with an option of a one-year extension, mm-hmm. um, and so it'll probably be a couple years. They did note though that a lot of the you know machines that they bought for the uh, temporary Medina Temple location they bought brand new, and that those have a shelf life of you know seven, eight years, and that those can be moved over to the permanent uh, casino location afterwards. So it seems like, you know, a lot of this kind of investment is, you know, long-term planning. A lot being invested here, for sure. So what else is the the Johnson administration up to that you are both keeping eyes on? You first, Mariah. Well, this week um, will be uh, Larry Snelling's first test um, on his path to become the permanent superintendent of the Chicago Police Department. He will come before the Committee on Police and Fire, and that committee will either praise or question Snelling if history is any indication. You know, those committee meetings are mostly people with older people with, you know, some like preliminary surface level questions and then a lot of praise. But this is a very important choice. And so they he might, you know, be grilled a little bit more intensely than than usual. And then um, that committee he will vote on his appointment and he will then head to the full city council um, for a vote next week. I see. What about you, Tessa? What's on your radar? Yeah, we have lots of uh, city council committee meetings this week at a council ahead of council next week. Um, some of the kind of newer committees under this new committee structure will be meeting. Um, for example, one on education and youth is going to have a, a hearing on, on CPS uh, this week. And also just, you know, keep an eye out for upcoming the but mayor's upcoming budget forecast. It's, you know, nearing the timeline he set out of putting mm-hmm. this forward and in September. And so I think people are eagerly waiting to see what uh, his projections will be. For sure. And while I have you here, as we recall, Lori Lightfoot moved on from the mayor's office to Harvard. So have you kept up at all with how that's going so far? It is September. Yeah, yeah. I spoke to the former mayor last week and she has a lot of lessons planned for her Harvard students, who she says includes, you know, graduate level students, doctors, um, healthcare professionals, the classes on health policy and leadership. And so she'll be, you know, taking lessons that she learned from the pandemic. She will be teaching about um, the importance that media play in, you know, communicating health policy um, and science. And she started started her class last week with a scene from a movie where this army cadet is trying to calm chaos. You know, there's like a bunch of people running through the street and it was Kevin Bacon's first film. I'm like forgetting the name of it, but it's a 1978 film with Kevin Bacon and he's like, keep calm, keep calm. Like everything is okay. He's like screaming and uh, people are running past him. And then the whole like punchline of the scene is he gets flattened like a pancake on the ground and so Lightfoot says she played that clip in her first class to pose the question of like what is the best messaging for people in a crisis is it remain calm everything is fine or is it like maybe things aren't fine but like we're gonna get through this together Uh, was it Um, Animal House Animal House yeah yeah thanks Um, so you know Lightfoot's record on media relations and on the pandemic is mixed and depends on who you asked but um, her viewpoint is undeniably in you know valuable you know she had a front seat to this crisis with 
Dr. Allison Arwady, mm-hmm. and she says that's what she's heard from students, that they want to hear from people who were on the front lines dealing with this, for better or worse, mm-hmm. um, throughout the pandemic. Interesting analogy to open with there, for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. Mariah Wolfel and Tessa Weinberg are city government and politics reporters here at WBEZ. Thanks for the update, ladies. Thank you. Thanks. This episode of Reset was produced by Brenda Ruiz and edited by Ethan Schwab and Dan Tucker. Now, if you ever want more Reset, subscribe to our podcast so that you never miss a beat. You can also find us live on 91.5 FM and WBEZ.org live from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. every weekday. That's it for the Reset pod. Thank you so much for spending part of your day with me. I'll talk to you again soon. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.